This is a special episode of the Under the Dome Radio podcast interviewing Dale Raoul, who plays Andrea Grinnell on Under the Dome. Welcome back to this special edition of the Under the Dome Radio podcast. It's Monday, a.k.a. the big mega hit day. Under the Dome hits the airwaves tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific and 9 p.m. Central. And we've got another great actor interview for you today, so be sure to tune in. Please remember to visit us at underthedomeradio.com and leave your voice feedback right there on the website or call it into our voicemail at 904-469-7469. Domehead operators are standing by. As they are. (laughs) Since this is a Monday edition of Under the Dome Radio, that means we've got another great treat for all you Domeheads out there. Our regular segments will resume later this week in the regular episode. But we thank you for tuning in. And me, well, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And you, sir? Well, for today, Wayne, why don't you just go ahead and leave my name the heck out of it? Oh, okay. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm Troy Heinrichs, and uh, we are super honored to have with us today a mega movie star. You have seen her in such films as Blast from the Past, Seven Pounds, The Mexican, and one of my all-time favorites, Lawnmower Man, and most recently as the delicious Maxine Fortenberry on True Blood. But to all you domeheads, you know her best as that pesky, nosy neighbor that thinks Chester's Mill is in trouble. So please welcome Andrea Grinnell herself, Ms. Dale Raul. Dale... How are you on this fine Monday? I'm fine, you guys. Thank you for the fabulous introduction. I'm very honored. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you joining us today. We're looking forward to your uh, return on Under the Dome tonight. Super excited to have you here on the podcast. And for anything that you discuss, if people want to find the links for that, they can just go to underthedomeradio.com slash Dale. And this is out of the norm of our regular numbering schedule. And it's a pre-TV episode for tonight's episode, which at this point, it looks looks like it's going to be called blue on blue and of course troy and i have not seen it yet and we have not seen you since the pilot dale so what have you and your character been up to these uh, long five weeks well <laughs> i would imagine that um andrea has just been hoarding more stuff <laughs> her porch was definitely like- full of yeah her, her porch was definitely <laughs> full of a lot of junk Oh, yeah. And later, later on, you'll see me in other parts of my home, which are equally as, as, uh, horrifying. Oh, my. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Um, she, Andrea, I think I've just been keeping my eye on everybody and everything. And I try to convince people that something is wrong, but of course, no one will believe me. Which is great because Andrea Grinnell plays such a big, She's such a big player in the book, uh, especially as the climax draws near. So in the TV show, we've seen in the first couple episodes in Pilot and and, uh, in the fire, Bing Jim kind of alluding to being the only council person left. And in the book, we know Andrea Grinnell is labeled as the third selectman. So for the show... Did they? Are you a councilman? Is the council dissolved? Kind of what's going on there? Well, I I think um, they've changed the character. Obviously, um, you know the book provides the bones of the of the TV show and really sticks to it pretty well. Um, but uh, my character has changed probably because they didn't want her to be a meth addict, and um, you know they just they needed somebody to to raise to raise alarms, and so they I. 
I really don't know why they changed the character into what she is today. Um, probably just to, to make it um, a little more interesting in a certain way. I mean, I guess Stephen King likes the fact that they made her into a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a little bit of a stereotype, though, then? I mean, you got this, you know, hoarding, you know, elderly lady, kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but it's very, hoarders are popular nowadays. You know that from all those reality shows. My wife loves hoarding buried alive. So this is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she picked up on the signs right away in episode one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was it that kind of attracted you to Under the Dome in the first place, Dale? Well, I love Stephen King, and, um, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, this would be so fun to work on. And the funny thing was, is Neil Bayer, who's one of the executive producers, um, 31 years ago, we figured out, I did his um, uh, graduate film for him at the American Film Institute. Really? And, yeah, and we really hadn't seen each other all those years. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think that might have had something to do with my getting the part. It's one of those things where, you know, uh, you plant a seed and then maybe someday something blooms from it. <laughs> this one just took a really long time. But um, I think that that was part of it. And um, he's had such a fantastic career as all the, you know, Jack Bender and Brian Vaughn. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. incredible people. And so, um, you know, then the the idea of CBS doing a summer series, like a special, is fabulous. And obviously, from the ratings um, and the interest, it's really paid off. So it's a really great idea, you know, kind of like what the cable networks do. So it's been, it's just been great to be part of it. Yeah, it's really rocking right along so far. And with you being a Stephen King fan, had you read the book Under the Dome? Are you allowed to tell us? Um, Well, I had, actually. Uh, I have a little bit left of it to finish. My husband read it, I know, when it first came out, and he loved it. And so um, when I I got the part, I started reading it, and... um, I, and then I kind of got busy, so I couldn't finish it. But, of course, I was reading it to see what Andrea was up to. And then when I realized that it was changed so much, I thought, well, <laughs> but, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I go way back. My my all-time is favorite is Salem's Lot. That's my all-time favorite. And um, The Shining, of course. Um, uh, but we both, my husband and I, are, are big Stephen King fans, so... We have all his books. We don't have the new one, but I think um, I think that uh, is on our list. So you've read enough of Andrea's character in the book. I, I'm just curious on your thoughts. What was it like seeing this woman going from being completely dependent on medication and then rising and cleaning herself up and becoming kind of a very powerful woman and influence? What can women take away from her character? Well, to to never say die, you know, that um, change is possible and... Um, you know, there's power everywhere, and you just have to face your demons. I don't know that Andrea will, <laughs> on the on the show, ever um, come to terms with her hoarding issues, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I know it's a little too early to tell for sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first auditioned for Under the Dome, did you just kind of read for the casting people, or was Mr. Spielberg no. or Mr. King there hanging out? No, you know, I was in Los Angeles, and um, they were here already doing uh, uh, the pre-production, so I actually just did a video audition and sent it in, and then um, 
Jack actually called me and um, gave me a few notes, and so I redid it and sent it in, and that was it. So you know, it was actually, as things go, a pretty easy, a pretty easy path. So it was great. It was really great, and I didn't know at the time either that it was going to have be a recurring character, and um, you know uh, how many episodes I do, or you know really how they had changed the script or the storyline. So um, I just sort of went to North Carolina um, with not much knowledge, and of course then there they all were, and they're so so great and fun to work <laughs> for. So it was really a, it was a really nice um, series of events. And in that area of North Carolina, you mentioned in Wilmington and around there, they kind of call it Wilmywood, I suppose. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite things about that area? Actually, I've had the best time. I love the river walk, the boardwalk that's right down by the water. Um, I like to go down there and walk around. And my hotel that I stay in when I'm there is very near that giant mall. <laughs> so that's kind of troubling. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have too much time to look around. I've been to the beaches, um, but usually I'm either working or getting ready to work. So um, if I have any time off, uh, and it's been kind of warm, so I go to movies, um, I'll drive to the beach, uh, I've done some shopping. Um, I haven't, I just haven't had enough time yet, but I, I know I will. But it's, everybody is so nice and so friendly. And once you tell them that you're involved in the show, you know, they're so proud to have so much business there. It's fantastic. Um, when we were uh, there, um, oh, a month or so ago, they were shooting the Melissa McCarthy movie there. And um, everyone was so excited about that. And a lot of the um, atmosphere people that were on Under the Dome were also working on that. And, um, also, there's going to be a new show called uh, Sleepy Hollow that's shooting there. And so it's it's a hopping place. So you mentioned you've been going to the movies and obviously a great summer full of them. I mean, Star Trek Into Darkness, Man of Steel, The Monsters University, Despicable Me is uh, number two has come out. What was the last one you saw and how'd you like it? The last one I saw in, in Wilmington, I guess, would have been Star Trek, mm. which I loved. It was fantastic. Um also saw Man of Steel there, and so that was great. I mean, it's just, the weird thing is, it's kind of to go to a movie like that by yourself, so you don't have anybody to kind of um, enjoy it with, and that that's kind of makes it for a weird experience. But what was, you know, it's there's both, I really love Man of Steel, actually. Um, and then, of course, I loved uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek, the villain. He was fabulous. And you're very grateful to be in the movies because it's cool. You know, yeah. comfortable. <laughs> Definitely. So you were now. Did you watch the original Wrath of Khan and the original Star Trek series? How did you feel they compared to each other, or do they stand alone? I'm not really a Trekkie, but I think this one definitely stands alone. Did you? I mean, I know you guys are fans. Loved well, I, it. Yeah, loved it. I mean, I saw it twice in IMAX 3D both times. Right. <laughs> it's just fabulous. I mean, granted, we can call uh, Wayne and I kind of J.J. Abrams fanboys, but yeah. I, Right. Yeah, I think I think for the people that are comparing it, it, it's kind of the same people like Stephen King just wrote the letter, right? That are trying to compare the TV show to the book. Yeah, each work of art is its own. Yeah, in its, exactly. In its own context. Yeah, absolutely. Loved Into Darkness. I thought it was really great. And yeah, you know, it's 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 
it'll be interesting to see if what JJ can do with it, especially as Star Trek approaches the 50th anniversary. It's just fantastic. Right. Maybe we could see you. You know, you and Alicia Hines. Alicia Hines was on. Uh, she was one of the navigation officers in Into Darkness. I didn't know that till I went to the movie. That was so fabulous to see her there. You know, I got to talk to her about it when I see. And she was also in True Blood, and we never worked together in True Blood. But um, so we we are kind of crossing paths here. So I but I I've only uh, worked with her on one day, so we've never had a chance to really to visit about anything. But it was so great to see her. So now we met you kind of through these crazy fanatics called the Domies, so the extras on the show, right? And um, I, I'm just curious since you've been in Wilmington quite a bit, have you gotten back there since the show premiered? Cause I guess all the domies are getting together at hell's kitchen to watch these episodes live on Monday night. You know, I've heard that I have been back, but I haven't been able, I think I was working on Mondays, so I haven't been able to go there, but I definitely will. I mean, it will be such a blast to see them. And I tell you, they are the, the atmosphere people are just fantastic. They have, they're so excited about everything. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of times they're just standing around outside where it's really hot and not very comfortable, but they are cheerful and happy. And, I mean, they're they're a fantastic group. And I will definitely be going to Hell's Kitchen. People might see you there. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I have never been to North Carolina, but from the things that I've been hearing from you and, and others, it sounds like the perfect spot. It's got everything, including a great Hollywood South uh, kind of vibe to it. Totally. It does. You know, it's actually, I mean, it's not a huge city, but it's got absolutely everything you could want. It has a Trader Joe's. Okay. <laughs> we're all set. Yeah, we're all set. So um, they have great movies. They have great beaches. You know, I haven't had a time to go to any, hear any music or, you know, go to nice restaurants really or anything like that. But, um, but so far, I don't know. I'm, I'm liking it. When you're on the set, Dale, for Under the Dome, what what's some of the most fun that you've had on the set? Let's see. It was kind of fun one night. Um, it was it was uh, early on in shooting. I kind of can't remember what episode it was, but it was really cold actually, which was kind of strange, you know, because we're used to it being hot. And and they were uh, they were lighting um, a truck on fire, and it was so fascinating to see the crew do it and how they did it. And it was supposed to have exploded, and so they had all these pieces of it burning all over the ground. And you know, they get, they have to have a safety meeting so that you can um, so that you'll know what's happening. So if anything goes wrong, of course it doesn't, but you know, they have to do it legally, but that was really cool. It was a really fantastic effect. And, um, you know, they had, well, I won't, I can't tell too much about it. Of course, but, um, of course. But, uh, that was a really, it, I, I love to see things like that. It's just amazing what they can accomplish. And so quickly, and then they keep, they have to do it over and over again. So they'd set this stuff on fire again. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was great. But not even bordering on dangerous. Have you been involved in any dangerous scenes that you're allowed um, to talk about? Well, on True Blood, actually, they it wasn't dangerous, but it was kind of. I was in a scene where a woman um, comes out of her house and she's been turned in. Well, she's been turned into a vampire, and because she walks out into the sun, she explodes into flames. So they actually had to do this with a stunt woman, and that was actually really scary. They had um, fire engines and ambulances and a huge safety crew, and I, they were shooting over my shoulder. Um, so they just said, you know, if anything goes wrong, do not go toward the woman. Just stay in your spot. Um, we'll take care of it. 
and it was all counted out that she would um, stand for three seconds, she would fall to the ground for five seconds, and then that would be it. It would be over. And that was kind of um, that was scary. She was fine, I guess. I mean, she. I mean, she. There was no danger, and she really said, "Oh, I had a great time. It was fun." But I was kind of spooked. <laughs> I was kind of spooked. But it looked great in the in the episode. So moving on, we haven't seen you since the pilot. So what can we expect from Andrea Grinnell? Uh, it looks like you're going to have a run here for a couple episodes. Um, what do they have lined up for you for the uh, for the foreseeable future? Yes, well, you know, as as you can imagine, I can't really give away any plot points, but um, gosh, I really can't. <sighs> Basically, well, as I said before, I am still trying to get people to take notice of my concerns about the propane and the trucks going into the warehouses, and um, I'm just trying to make my case. But people still are um, very um, uninterested in what I have to say. <laughs> hmm. So the real question is, do you leave the house and come into town at all? I do. I do leave my house. I do not seem to be a, you know, a agoraphobic. I'm just a plain old hoarder. And, um, but I do, go, I do go places. You'll see me in other places. Awesome. <laughs> Now, we've heard recently from CBS that they are going to have Under the Dome at that huge Comic-Con event in San Diego this summer. Are you going to be there? And if No, I won't be there. Oh. No, I know. Are you guys going? I can't. No. <laughs> I guess none of uh, us are going to be there. No, no, I actually have never been. Um, I, I, you know, I hear, as you everybody knows, it's just insane. But this will be the first time, of course, for Under the Dome, so people will be crazed, which will be great. <laughs> there might even be people I mean, dressing so dressing up in uh, honor of you. Well, well, that would be frightening, wouldn't it? That'd be kind of scary. But um, well, what the heck? You know, people do it for for Halloween and stuff. That'd be kind of wild. <laughs> Um, but it's, you know, it'll be really curious to see um, the reaction and, uh, you know, everyone is so uh, pleased about how well the show's doing that um, this, it ought to be crazy. It ought to be crazy. Well, it'll be interesting to find out how the fans react because most of the time they're doing these panels and stuff for TV shows that have either, you know, ended, ended their run in May or they're coming back in the fall or they're new shows for the fall. So this is, well, the show's actually on the air. So I think the panel is just going to be, you know, exciting to listen to. Plus the fans are just going to be absolutely crazy with questions, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and let's see, there's, you know, there's only 13 episodes. So, you know, a lot will be happening in the next weeks. Who knows? We could get a renewal any day, right? Well, let's I hope, hope so. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, Neil and yeah, Neil and Brian were saying that they def they're planning it for a season two, season three, season four. They don't want it to be just the miniseries. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? It'd just be wonderful because you know there's a lot of characters that are still um, yet to be revealed. Yeah, you know, I know we we met uh, was it Rusty, uh, Linda's fiance, on the outside of the dome in the pilot. Oh, we haven't seen much yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, and there's a few people that are that have. Um, turned up in the last few episodes where um, that they've been sort of out of sight and uh, they stir up trouble, of course. So there's lots of people that have not um, been revealed yet <laughs> that are somewhere under the dome, but they've been mm -hmm. hiding for various reasons. 
and it looked like they added a few to the cast as well. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting how they expand the, the, the characterization of the story over the next couple of episodes and how they work in new characters that we haven't seen yet. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, yeah, that's, that's, there's, I mean, they, and those, you know, Brian and Neil and Jack, they have such an amazing imaginations that anything is possible. Now, did you notice that in the Under the Dome book that Stephen King actually gave a shout out to Brian K. Vaughn in his graphic novels? Yeah. How about that? It's pretty cool. Coincidence, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) Well, of course, the True Blood fans would be really upset with us if we didn't take the opportunity to ask you if you can tell us anything about the show and what we can watch out for there as well. Well, um, you know, again, we, we can't give away too much plot, but um, I, there, several several people do die, hmm. um, as usually happens on True Blood. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't come back to life as a vampire, but I don't know about these ones. Um, we have our rap party this next Thursday, and um, there were only ten episodes this season. Um, but I'm sure I don't, you know, it hasn't been announced, and I don't know anything officially. But I have a feeling that um, the show will be back next year. My character comes on toward the end of the season, and um, I'm still kind of another playing another kind of obnoxious character, <laughs> which is way more fun than playing someone nice and normal. Since True Blood's on HBO and HBO has been really going hot and heavy into moving into the Apple TV and the iPad and different ways of watching the experience, mm-hmm. I noticed you were on a project called Av43, which looked yeah. like it was a direct-to-web series. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, tell us a little bit about it and then kind of how you feel about this new media concept. Well, Avenue 43 um, it refers to a part of Los Angeles, uh, which is in Highland Park. And it's kind of a funky old area, and there's a lot of, you know, kind of wild, weird people that live in Avenue 43 and around there. And so um, the creator of the show is a man named Justin Tanner, and he's a pretty well-known playwright in Los Angeles. And so he's been doing this for some time now, a couple years. And um, we shoot it every, pretty much every other Saturday. Um and then he edits it during the the time off. And um, so, you know, it's usually eight, nine minutes an episode. And um, it's very fluid. The characters change a lot. And he uh, shoots everything with a handheld camera um, and very tight close-up. So he doesn't have to worry too much about um, continuity or settings, wardrobe, that kind of thing. So it gives him a lot of freedom. Um and it's really fun to work on, and I'm a big fan of web series because it is the kind of the new wave of the future in the sense that um, with the new media, anybody can do anything they want to do, and it's very exciting, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's what's going to happen. A lot of these shows are get picked up, not a lot of them, but some shows can get picked up by networks, by other producers, and it just gives especially young filmmakers uh, forum to do whatever they would like and with all the new cameras and all the new technology it's just um the, there's so much freedom and the price the cost is low and uh it's it's actually pretty wonderful um i also work on another one called fumbling through the pieces that uh is i think shot its second season 
and we're going to be going to a big web festival in Palm Springs in August, and um, that'll be kind of cool to see a lot of, of of web series filmmakers getting together and you know having conversations and sharing ideas and stuff. But um, Avenue Forty Three is kind of like a family now because we see each other fairly often, and um, oh, you know, <laughs> it's just a very weird kind of. Um, plot line you know with like there's the highland park stalker and oh you my. know um you know there's murders and sex and all the good stuff and palm springs is only about an hour away from me i might have to check out that uh, festival out there in palm yeah. springs i'll give you the info i'll, I'll probably leave my sweater at home in august yeah, in exactly springs. exactly <laughs> and it looks like you just completed work on a new movie that's called the pretty one Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a twin sister takes over the life of her deceased counterpart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little, I mean, that is exactly what happens, but it's a little more, um, it has a a, a, a a lot more depth than that would lead you to believe. <laughs> right. That's just the uh, initial premise. Yeah. The girl that plays the twins is Zoe Kazan, who's a young actress who's getting so much attention. And um, the show, the movie just premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with it. But um, it, it was, uh, uh, they have a thing called the blacklist in Hollywood, which is always the, the best films that were the best scripts of a certain year that, that remain unproduced. And if you get on that list, you are pretty well assured of getting funding and getting your film made. So this script was one of those from like 2011 or something. And so, um, the, the director was able to get it made so everybody was really excited and they were lucky to get zoe kazan and um, jake johnson from the new girl so it's a really nice it's a very nice piece of filmmaking we're getting like the understory of uh, hollywood and how this works <laughs> the, the, the blacklist <laughs> dale is our cool. go-to oh yeah <laughs> Well, the dome's definitely going to be busy for the next couple of weeks, and hopefully for a lot longer uh, if we get into season two or season three. What else you got going on in 2013, though, Dale? Well, um, I'm going back uh, to California soon to um, do some reshoots on a project called Mandroid. Um, it is a short film that um, is going to be part of, uh, I think, a collection of five films that James Franco has produced. And they, he has um, gotten these scripts from young filmmakers and has hired uh, young cinematographers and producers. And um, a lot of them are from USC. And he has given them this wonderful opportunity and given them the budgets and the facilities to make these films. And so it's, I mean, he's an amazing guy, this guy. He's an amazing. And he doesn't really interfere. Um, he just selects the scripts and then uh, fits a director to the material. Um, so I'm going to go back and work on that in a couple of weeks. And, um, and then keep doing Avenue 43. And who knows? I'm, I, <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> Exciting times, though. I mean, just looking at your IMDb page, you've been very busy on a lot of things for quite a while. A lot of awesome stuff. Even The Office. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was really fun. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That's probably a whole different crazy group of people to work with. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, and they have their own building. You know, they have this studio that I guess must have been a warehouse at one time. And they just, it's like their own world up there. And they're just in it and making this wonderful show. And, you know, uh, it, it was really thrilling to be part of that. And you do a lot of voice acting work too. I know Wayne's doing a lot of, you know, trying to start up a, like a voice <laughs> acting business, but what's some, what's some of the voices you've done? Well, actually, I used to work um, earlier in earlier years is what's called a looper, which uh, is a, they have looping groups and they, it, they what do what's called ADR, which is automated dialogue replacement. And um, it's sort of, um, you know, if they need the voice of a newscaster or um, the voice of a sports announcer or they need background voices or, you know, uh, revoicing a character uh, doing hospital pages or airport announcements, stuff like that. So it was a really fun job to have. Um, and other, I don't really do character voices so much. Um, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, commercials for radio and television, stuff like that. Awesome stuff. And we are so thankful that you took the time out this morning to be with us here on this special episode of the Under the Dome Radio Podcast, Dale. If people want to stay in the know and or in the dome, as they say, with mm-hmm. all things Dale, where, where can they find you on the web? Uh, on Facebook, I have Dale Rowell fan page. Um, my website is uh, DaleRowell.com. And on Twitter, it's uh, just True Dale Rowell. And I've had a great time talking to you guys. Thank you so much. But we definitely cannot wait to see Andrea Grinnell return tonight on Under the Dome, Episode 5, Blue on Blue, at 10 Eastern and Pacific, 9 Central on CBS. Any final words for the Dome heads out there, Dale? Well, just just keep watching and supporting the show and helping us get um, into the future. A little time travel hint there? No, <laughs> <laughs> no just keep more, more episodes coming and, and uh, more time under the Dome. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dale, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You bet. You guys take care and thanks for talking. That was amazing. That was so much fun. Dale, thank you yet again for taking the time to talk with uh, Troy and I on the Under the Dome Radio podcast. Learned a lot of great information from you. It's so much fun. You're a pleasure to chat with. And we are so looking forward to Season 1, Episode 5 of Under the Dome tonight featuring the return of Dale's character, Andrea Grinnell, in the episode Blue on Blue. What is Andrea going to be up to tonight on Under the Dome? We're looking forward to seeing what ensues, because the promo looks like it's pretty much tied to the book. So this is going to be very, very cool. And again, check out underthedomeradio.com slash Dale, D-A-L-E, for all of the links that she talked about in that interview her imdb page her personal website as well as her facebook fan page links to the web series that she talked about avenue 43 and fumbling through the pieces and now because of that interview i'm gonna have to check out true blood and find out what dale's up to on that show as well sounds like she does some great character pieces excellent excellent stuff thank you so much again dale it's always great to have these fun interviews these celebrities are so down to earth so great of them to take the time to chat with us that was a lot of fun hope to be talking with dale again another time possibly on the under the dome radio podcast and uh tonight just hours away blue on blue tonight on cbs hi there this is rick yeah i'm still amy 
You are. And you're listening to the Under the Dome radio podcast with our buddies, Wayne and Troy. Yeah, nice guys. They are nice guys. Well, don't tell them we said that. But hey, we enjoy their podcast quite a bit because we like watching Under the Dome. And they always have some great insight, plus all their fans and everything. But hey, we do a podcast too. And when you're done listening to this one, you can come over and listen to our Take Him With You podcast. It's like a reality show, but on a podcast, right? Something like that. Yeah. So come on over and visit us at TakeHimWithYou.com. And speaking of Rick and Amy's excellent Take Him With You podcast, this week's episode features special guest Under the Dome Radio's very own Troy Heinrichs. If you'd like to hear more in-depth stories about Troy's recent mission trip to Haiti and his life, his background, and other good stuff, check out the podcast at TakeHimWithYou.com. And Troy has been very busy. He's also the special guest co-host on Stephanie Week's long-running TV Rewind podcast this week. They talk about all sorts of different uh, television shows that are on right now, as well as maybe some that are on DVD and Blu-ray. So they talk about all sorts of different television shows. Check out this week's episode with Stephanie Week featuring special guest co-host Troy Heinrichs at TVRewindPodcast.com. That's going to wrap it up for this episode because we are looking forward to seeing Blue on Blue tonight. Troy and I will be back sharing your listener feedback and other good stuff on the next episode of the Under the Dome Radio Podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. And until that next episode, if you're looking for us around Chester's Mill, as Troy likes to say, you can always find us lost on the fringe, trapped under the dome.